Welcome back to Real Music Talk. Well, I guess you're not back. Well, you might have listened to the last one, so maybe you are back. Anyway, I'm your host. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Quasar, and that is John Coa. And we're both uh, music guys. I'm a DJ and producer, and he is a singer-songwriter. We both have about 20 years' experience in the business. Uh, Him in the Hollywood slash studio studio side and me in the nightclub slash electronic music production space. So let's get cracking on this. Um, Let's get cracking. Let's get cracking. How are you? I'm great. Yeah? Hanging in there? Hanging? Yeah, surviving. (laughs) That's good. So I wanted to talk about uh, you and I are actually uh, collaborating on a track and you sent the stems to me via something I've never seen before, an online dog called Soundtrap. Uh, what, like, wh- what brought you to that? What is that? Can you explain that to me and the listener? Sure. So I go on YouTube tutorials like a lot of musicians, a lot of songwriters. Mm-hmm. I record my own music generally, and I'm not an, an aspiring engineer I'm an aspiring songwriter. So the stuff that I learn, it's I want to learn quick. I want to learn what I need to know to get a job done. And in the course of learning stuff, you come across videos or something makes its way to your feed. And I just found this thing called Soundtrap, which was an online DAW, the Digital Audio Workstation. For those who don't know. For those who don't know. And of course, (laughs) I thought it sounded like a terrible idea. Yeah. (laughs) It sounded like just a disaster. But I'm also, I like giving things a chance sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I like to not be too much of a snob if I can help it. Mm -hmm. So I didn't care really. Like, you know, and I do believe that the next great thing is coming out of left field. We're not going to see it. We're not going to know it's here. And our Mm -hmm. own um, biases prevent us from, uh, they they keep us, they prevent us from catching on and we tend to miss out. So I gave it a shot and I discovered a lot of things I liked about it. Number one, yeah, it's, it's the, the limitations of it don't necessarily hurt your music. I remember mm-hmm. years ago, you know, I used to get together with certain other other musicians in Hollywood. You'd drive to their place, and there's always different levels mm-hmm. uh, of skill. Some people are unbelievable at their instruments. Some people have, like, just learned. Some people are just natural songwriters. Mm-hmm. I knew a guy who he used to play with Weezer. He was, like, one of the best musicians you've ever heard keyboard and bass he was Mm. so good he was so good he was one of the only musicians i ever wanted to be Mm. you know i've never had i've never felt that strongly about someone's musical ability that everything that this person played i was like that is amazing you are amazing and Mm. it was just he was just phenomenal he was also very funny he was just the greatest storyteller and he told this story about driving out to hollywood to get together with some songwriter. And the guy looked like, like an Abercrombie model or you know, whatever. He was like blonde and just beautiful. And mm. the guy was like, hey, man, you know, come in. You know, and he had this whole shtick going. 
Um, and he played his demos for my friend. And my friend goes, this guy doesn't know anything about music. His shit sounds better than mine. Mm. You know, the guy knew nothing musically, but his stuff was just amazing. Mm. And this guy had was limited. You hate those people. You hate them. <laughs> he was limited, right? Like he didn't, he couldn't do what my friend could do with a, mm-hmm. with a, with a musical instrument. Mm-hmm. But it didn't matter, you know. That's why someone can just scribble something on a canvas and it moves people, and other people can be like masters and stuff like that. And it's just not as moving. Mm-hmm. Who, who knows what what that is? So that's kind of a, a roundabout way of expressing my what I like about Soundtrap. Mm. That it's very limiting. You don't have a lot of options. I think I said last time, a tool like that, it's sort of like a blunt instrument. Mm-hmm. But you can do a lot of amazing things with a blunt instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, and having too many options is not necessarily good for someone who's indecisive. Mm-hmm. Like me, you know, so yeah, that's, I, I'm a huge, I like it. Well, I'm you curious like what it, you, yeah. I do like it. So I sent you the tracks on that. Yeah. Um, knowing you would be like, what the, I'm <laughs> pretty much. I was like, how yeah. do I get this out of here quick? <laughs> yeah. So there's, that's my sales page. By the way, Soundtrap does not sponsor this video. No, no, no sponsor no, from just Soundtrap. I'm a fan of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so wait, do you, are you recording into no. sound, I mean, because you're a musician, yeah, and I do not I'm record. a guy who's a MIDI warrior. You know, I'm yes. using uh, plugins to emulate instruments and using MIDI to control them. Uh, do you like it? Have you tried both things with Soundtrap? Have you recorded any MIDI in? Have you loaded any plugins? Or are you just recording yourself into it? So I should give some important information. I do not record using my audio interface directly into the web browser because that's too sketchy. It doesn't yeah. work. It's not reliable. You have okay. sync issues. But if you have a another way to record, like I record in Logic, mm-hmm. so I will record the, my tracks in Logic, and then I upload them to Soundtrap, and from there, huh. yeah, and from there, um, I can I can do a lot with them, and I can add uh, I can add all sorts of stuff. And then for MIDI, it's really cool because mm. I, I don't I do record MIDI into the Soundtrap mm. software because it's not there's no risk of delay or anything like that, mm-hmm. no chance of that. But if you use it in addition or in tandem with a more robust DAW, like I know you you use Reason, I use right? Ableton, Ableton, and I use Reason as well. Yeah, yeah. I teach so you, Reason on my channel, but yeah. I know. Yes, yes, you mm-hmm. do, and. Um, it's DJ Quasar, by the way. That's the, right. The That's right. YouTube. Handle. It's DJ Quasar. I T S D J Q U A S A R. Thank you very much. Yeah, for his that. videos. Are, his videos are great. You guys, check <laughs> them out. You. Yeah, but um, if you use it in tandem with your DAW of choice, mm. it's just another tool in your tool shed. So, mm. or toolbox. So you want to get out of Logic, get out of the giant canvas, and shrink things down to just what you need is that is that accurate well i i know i'm speaking like i'm like i'm like way into soundtrap the truth is i'm still deciding but everything Mm. everything i is leaning in i'm in favor of it Mm -hmm. and i noticed that the tracks 
just sound better when I download, when I export. Mm, and yeah, I found out that it actually uh, will, it actually uh, masters all of your exported tracks. Mm. And I know people say, oh, it's AI mastering. Is it really any good? Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I've done some of the other online mastering I wasn't too impressed with. Mm. But I found that this stuff just sounded good. I mean, it just, it coming out of the speaker, it just sounded good. It sounded better than my mixes in terms of, matters, really. in terms of mastering. Yeah. So even if I were to mix in Logic, mm-hmm. send the track up to Soundtrap, mm-hmm. uh, don't do any processing, just export it back down. I'm going to get a free master out of it. Now, it is paid. You do have to pay monthly, and I do pay. I'm actually happy to pay for it. That's how much I like it. Mm-hmm. But it's like unlimited mastering whether or, not, whether or not I use the tools. Mm. So that's kind of cool, mm-hmm. I think. I like that. So as I exported each stem, did it put some magic on no. it? No. No. It actually, okay. if you have – so I sent you tracks and some stems. Mm-hmm. You can download them back. So I I uploaded a session to Soundtrap. Mm-hmm. I sent you a link, and you're not mm-hmm. you're not like a registered user of Soundtrap. But as long Correct. as I inv- invite you into my session, you can do everything that a paying user can do on my session. Mm. From there, you can download. It is time consuming if you have a lot of tracks, but you can download the tracks to your computer one at a time. It was time and consuming. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a pain in the ass. Sorry about that. Yeah, if you do the logic, you do it all in one shot. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I was looking for that option, but I think I think you can actually pay for that option. Oh, can you? Oh, that's what it looked like. There's oh, like maybe another tier, that. or maybe it's just because I'm not uh, a registered user. Like maybe I have some functionality, but not all functionality. I'm not sure, but I did see export stems or whatever dialogue they actually use. Um, but it said, you know, I had to become premiere or whatever the word they use is um but i could still go through and individually export them it wasn't too bad so, so correct me if i'm wrong um but uh i think 32-bit float mm-hmm. i hope i'm pronouncing that right yeah that's that's the right okay term. so so that is the format that allows you to um to maintain the most optimum volume for yeah, your like tracks, is that correct? Your headroom, yeah. rather? Yeah. You just have like tons of headroom. It's getting closer and closer to the headroom of real life, if, if that makes sense. Yes. Because um, so there is no will... headroom in real life. There's okay. a jet plane taking off, and then there's a feather hitting the table. Our dynamic range is actually probably the word I'm really looking for. Um, you get more headroom via more dynamic range. Does that make sense? I think that's the way to say that. Yeah. So yeah. you can download the tracks in 32-bit float to then add into your own uh, DAW of choice, and mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think those tracks have any magic on them. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to find all the detailed uh, literature on what exactly they're doing. But they do have a pretty good chat um, support, so you can in real time, like right away, someone will respond, and you can ask them, "Hey, is are my tracks 48 kilohertz? Are they 44.1?" and because mm. a lot of that stuff is not, it's not easily, it's not available to you. You can't really see, you can't tell. And I know, like, really hardcore engineers are going to be like, 
Ugh. I don't want that. I don't want to mess with that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But you know, I don't want any if, inner sample peaks, man. Yeah, or just the the the, the absence of data or the yeah. absence of of analytical tools is kind of like shocking. Like, there's not really any live um, like spectrum analyzers or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, shit, there really probably weren't when the Beatles were making records. I mean, you know? I always wonder how much that matters. You know, every time I've gone to like a mastering or a mixing session and they're like, okay, what, what bit rate are you at? What, I mean, I guess it's like everything adds up a little bit, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't know. There's so many raw artists, artists that have made great music and didn't know any of that. And you know, does it? How much does that matter? Does it matter for the listener? No, probably not. I think it does. You think so? Definitely. In fact, expound upon that. Well, there is a an artist named uh, Jenna Bell, mm-hmm. and I I w- found one of her songs on an Instagram reel, mm-hmm. and it sounded really good. It sounded mm-hmm. like Joni Mitchell. It was really good. Mm. And I was thinking, I don't even know who this person is. She's been around for a long time, and there's very little written about her, and her mm. music all sounds good. But when I was listening to some of her recordings, there were certain things like maybe like the bass, like, I don't know, like, I'm going to get really nerdy, but like, yeah. I don't know, like 200 hertz or 60 hertz was just too loud. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was a bit too shrill, mm-hmm. too bright. You know. Oh, sure. Spots. The mix completely matters. Yeah, yeah. I agree with and that. And I'm and I'm and I'm wondering, did that? Does that hurt her career? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the song's great, mm-hmm. but you know, it takes a really good mix to be able mm-hmm. to listen to a song fifty-five times and not okay. have and not have your ears bleeding. People sure. will they'll hear a song and it's oh man your song sounds amazing it's releasable ready to release it but you know you listen to it three four times you don't know why your ears are hurting mm-hmm. and or you're just be- kind of done and you don't even know why exactly mm-hmm. and so that mystery is it, it's kind of like a tragedy mm-hmm. of music because you I mean I don't think there's any kind of equivalent in like painting if I was painting on a canvas. There's no way I can get the the colors wrong to where it's gonna like hurt people's eyes. Right. It's just what right. I see is what I mean, they Jackson see. Jackson Pollock exists, right? Like totally. Everything's wrong, <laughs> but it's yeah. more interesting for that reason. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. Mix the mix uh, terrifies me. It's mm-hmm. one of the hardest, most elusive things. And if you don't have the the hearing, if you don't, if you aren't really able to tell, I mean, there's some people they'll just be like, oh man, yeah, that. 60 hertz too too much 60 hertz in your bass and you'll cut it yeah. out i mean that's I, I, mastering engineers tell me that all the time oh you 60 hertz is too high mm-hmm. like really it sounds fine where i am a lot of times <laughs> like those low frequencies you won't hear them in your home studio so mm-hmm. uh that kind of stuff is capable of really i want to say it it can hold you back yeah i and mean so how what, about a great mix uh it's like uh uh, when I first started DJing, DJing wasn't quite as popular as it became. Uh, people didn't understand that there are great DJs. They're just like, oh, well, this is, that's just the guy who plays the music. I go, How would, why would I care one versus the other? And I would say to them, 
I would always say, well, do you remember that one bad DJ that you heard? And they're like, oh, yeah, like my sister's wedding. This guy was fucking terrible. I'm like, yeah. So it's like just the opposite of that. Like, <laughs> like maybe you didn't notice the good one because you didn't know why you were having so much fun. Um, that'll that'll change as we start getting on the main stage and stuff like that instead of being mm-hmm. off to the side of the room. But you certainly notice the bad ones. So yeah. I guess similar, yeah? Yeah, I mean, uh, God, we could go in so many different directions with this. Uh, mm. Like I playing on stage, uh, some bigger venues will have their own sound guy. Mm-hmm. And the sound guy is in the back of the room mm-hmm. and he's watching you and you're telling him, you're giving him cues of what you need. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I need more vocals. So mm-hmm. in the middle of the show, you'll be like vocals. And what you're talking about is in your monitor. You're not really able to to comment on what the audience hears because you'll never be out there, mm-hmm. you know, 20 feet yeah, from the it. stage. Yeah, you can't hear it. So you're just mm-hmm. worried about what you hear and you just pray that the, the sound engineer knows what he's doing and he's going to give the audience a good mix. Mm-hmm. But audio engineering, sound engineering is the only... One of the only professions that, where you can go to school and you can learn everything about all the knobs, all the compressors, all the EQs, what everything does, mm-hmm. and still be terrible at your job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can know everything there is to know about audio engineering and just, you know, there was a, a, an old, like, it was like a meme or like an old cartoon, and it was like the sound guy's board at a live mm-hmm. show. And he just had a big red button in the center that said suck. <laughs> like, you know, that's what it is. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's finding a good sound. I mean, they, they rise too. If you're a good sound engineer, you'll, you'll get called up to the big leagues because oh, it yeah. is kind of rare to find a really good one. Mm-hmm. And it is, there is some alchemy to it. And to be able to dial it in so quick. I mean, that's a tough job. I, I was I actually got an offer to uh, work at this place here, uh, that uh, venue. Um, it was actually a referral. And I was a little, it didn't actually end up working out for whatever reason. I, I actually don't know why, but I was like kind of terrified because I was like, oh shit, when was the last time I like engineered? You know, not since school. And like, you know, this is Austin. There's going to be a band that's decent yeah. to good coming yeah. in. And I got to dial them in quick or they're going to know that you know, they're going to know how long this should take, how much, you know, how confident I am, how quickly I can dial. Cause you got to dial in two mixes, right? Oh, well, multiple mixes, the house and then one for each artist or for each band member. And you got to do it quick and you got to do it on a digital board. And so I spent hours just going through YouTube, like a on freshening up on how to use this Midas board and B like, what are the pitfalls, you know, ringing out, uh, feedback. There's like, it's a live, I mean, he's playing the instrument, an instrument just as much as they are. 